This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, August the 11th, and... There's a tragic story to start off today's podcast. Two people have died and a child is in hospital following a hit and run in Ramsgate. It happened outside a multi-storey car park at about half nine last night. Well, our reporter, Jerry Warren, has been to the site. The tragedy has happened in Leopold Street in Ramsgate, um, which has reopened this morning. Although the area um, where the, of the scene of the collision itself uh, remains taped off uh, and there are staff at the scene uh, at the moment, um, the, the street is open to traffic, but um, people passing by have expressed their sadness at the loss of uh, uh, two family members uh, and another child injured in what appears to have been a, a hit and run accident. Police have subsequently arrested a man. It is not clear uh, what exactly happened, though the damage uh, is concentrated around a bench, um, but the family were pedestrians. Um, and it is believed the car hit them um, and then drove off. Uh, there are no police presence here now. There are some uh, highway staff uh, cleaning, up, cleaning up the area. Um, as I say, the road remains open and, uh, and the investigation is ongoing. A black Alfa Romeo was involved in the collision. A man in his 80s and a woman in her 30s were killed. As Jerry mentioned, they were members of the same family. A young girl is being treated in a London hospital while a man in his 40s and a young boy suffered minor injuries. Jerry also spoke to Mark Hyde, who lives nearby. What did you see, Mark? I see the ambulance, the fire brigade and some police cars. Yeah, and a big blue and all taped off road. Well, what did you think had happened? I thought some Mark got killed by a hit and run or um, smashed into a wall. That's what I was told, someone got smashed into this wall this across here. So I don't know the whole instance and stories. But, a, but a, a rather sad sight. Yeah. All I could see was tape with blue tape and a great big blue tarp falling by the hands of the fire brigade. That's all I literally see. And night just disappeared. When did you hear what had happened? Once since I got to the pub and a mate of mine. Pretty shocking. Yeah, it was a shocking sight to hear. Police have told us a 30-year-old man from Ramsgate has been arrested on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving and leaving the scene of a collision. Local businesses with CCTV or drivers with dash cam footage that might be useful are being urged to hand it over to investigators. A wall opposite the entrance to the Royal Harbour multi-storey car park has been damaged and a road sign knocked to the floor. A bench on the street has also been removed. Councillor Roshan Ara is the Mayor of Ramsgate and spoke to me earlier. Well, last night uh, from like from nine o'clock on uh, half past nine, something like that, uh, I've been hearing police car, ambulance and fire brigade up and down from like London Road to the town centre. And I was wondering what, what happened, actually. Then I sent my husband out and he said there is the, the Leopold Estate car park. Uh, uh, the street was closed uh, uh, from the uh, hotel uh, and all that area. So I knew something was happening, but I wasn't aware of what exactly happened last night. But when I heard the tragic incident happen this morning, my heart goes 
out to the family and friends uh, for this um, sad time for them. Absolutely devastating thing to, to happen to a family. Um, do you know many more details at all now that, you know, some time has passed since the accident happened? I'm not sure if the people were uh, local residents or visitors. Uh, uh, I'm really... I'm really sorry that, uh, you know, whoever it was uh, or the family members, I am my heartiest condolences to the family again. For anyone who doesn't know Ramsgate particularly well, are you able just to describe again for us where precisely this road is? Is it far from the seafront? You can you can actually see the sea from uh, Leopold State Car Park and uh, it's a one minute walk, I would say, you know, that's very near to the uh, Royal Harbour. And have you been down there this morning? What does the scene look yes, like? I have, I have. I just, uh, you know, parked my car in the car park and I have seen the uh, uh, KCC uh, workers there and I've been spoken to the one of our street cleaner and uh, he's seen everything this morning and uh, he's, he, he was really devastated. Had any tributes been left um, at the site that you saw this morning or was it a bit too early? No, uh, uh, but I, am, I, am, I have been talking to my colleagues, to other uh, ward councillors, and we would like to do a visual this evening uh, for the Leopold Estate, uh, that particular area. So I'll be posting something on social media for people to come in and join us. That vigil is due to take place at 7pm this evening. Our thoughts today are very much with the family and friends of those involved. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and a young woman who died just 10 months after a devastating crash killed four of her family has been described as beautiful and kind-hearted. Pemelina Lee was married to Paddy Cash, whose father and brother died in the collision in Headcorn last October. Her parents say the 21-year-old was young, bubbly and outgoing. She had two sisters and a brother and was also a mum to a little boy. It's another scorcher today and now the Met Office has issued a warning about the exceptional risk of wildfires. There were more field and grass blazes in Dartford, Gravesend and Romney Marsh yesterday and in yesterday's podcast, as you might remember, we told you how crews in Kent have already dealt with more than 400 so far this year. That's compared to just 44 at the same time in 2021. Well, an amber weather warning for extreme heat has come into force for most of Kent today. Forecasters say temperatures will reach the low to mid-30s by Sunday. Only the East Kent coast down to Dover escapes the alert because it'll be cooler by the sea. James Williams is Medway's Director of Public Health and he's been speaking to Cameron from our colleagues at KMTV. People who have got underlying health conditions, who may be more vulnerable, um, not able to control their body core temperature because they're on medication, they've got underlying health problems, just need to be supported and careful of this next period because of course their underlying health condition may put them at greater risk of suffering from a heat related illness and that's basically what the amber alert means it's for people who are potentially more vulnerable so these might be uh, young children babies people uh, with complex health problems you might have a, a heart condition you might be on medication for that might have a respiratory condition uh, and, and there are other other factors to take into consideration so it's the next year down from the level four which of course means that everybody needs to be concerned but clearly we do want everyone to be minded of the heat um, but, but this is specifically aimed at those people who may be more vulnerable uh, and just to take note and to um, do things that will reduce the likelihood or risk of them becoming 
poorly during the next few days. But this has obviously um, been a really extended period of um, of warm weather. Um, there were uh, there was a similar heat. Uh, health alerts in uh, in July. Um, how concerned are you for Medway residents and their health and well-being at this time? So look, we we always take any kind of threat to our population's health extremely seriously. Our communications colleagues have put out this whole range of advice on not just the Medway Council's website. If you go into the National Heatwave Plan, that will give you also some. Uh, steers, but I'd prefer people to use their Medway Council website clearly. And um, just give you basic advice. I mean, the issue is um, we've lived with this. It's the summer. And of course, it's a dry summer. It's one of the challenges that we all face. Anyone out there around getting some relief from the temperature. And, and, and what we've just then got to do is just do some basic, simple things. Drink more fluids, preferably water, um, fruit, uh, juices that have not got so much sugar content and try to avoid drinking alcohol during the heat try stay out of the sun between the, the hours of 11 and, and 3 p.m because that's clearly when the weather will be at its uh, harshest let's say when the sun's up there and the heat will be the highest and do do basic things you know if wear loose clothing and um, if you're able to have you know regular cold temperate showers because obviously a cold shower might be impalatable for some people but it might give people really look after each other and that's looking out for the signs of two key things uh, one might be heat uh, exhaustion that's where people are really uh, sweating uh, quite considerably they're unable to uh, control themselves in in relation to their heat that they might then lead into a thing called heat stroke which is then we're not seeing people sweating uh, they're hot to touch uh, and that's when there is a serious risk of a health emergency. So these are basic things that we would all just urge people to consider. There are things that we've said before. If people need further guidance, um, then then clearly our websites have got you know the information for you. And when it's hot, if your house uh, has got windows, which most hopefully people have got house in the day, draw curtains, draw the blinds to try to keep the heat from radiating through the windows, of course, and heating up the room internally. Open your windows later on to allow that heat to, and, the, and the cooler air to, to flow through. Um, if you're out in the sun, you've got to be out and about, wear coverings, so that's a hat. Uh, you know, take water with you, because you never know what might happen, so that, you know, you just think you're gonna go for a quick stroll, but the heat, if it gets above 30 degrees, it can really warm up quite quickly and cause challenges. So these are all basic, simple, Things I would suggest people have lived through this already. The last alert that we had actually was a level four alert. That was the highest level alert. So this is really predominantly about looking after people who are more vulnerable, children, young people and people with underlying health conditions. But it's a general message that we should all adhere Elsewhere, animal rights campaigners are calling for the traditional donkey derby in Folkestone to be cancelled. Hundreds of people have signed a petition against the charity event at Radnor Park and are threatening to disrupt it with a protest on Saturday. They've described it as cruel and outdated, with particular concern about how the animals will cope with the extreme heat. 
Organisers say no races will be held in unsuitable conditions and this year the donkeys won't have riders. Well, you can let us know what you think today by voting in the poll within the story at Kent Online. Whilst you're there, you can also leave a comment. It's also feared the heatwave could be devastating for hedgehogs in the county. The RSPCA received about 200 calls about sick, injured or orphaned hedgehogs here last year. There's always a peak in the summertime as the hot weather affects their food and water sources. And we've also heard that hundreds of fish have died at a lake near Canterbury and it's thought the heatwave could be to blame. Up to a 1,000 fish were discovered at Fordwich Lake after they were starved of oxygen due to the weather and an algae bloom. Equipment's been brought in to try and save the remaining stock. Finally, there's another reminder to plan your journey in Kent this weekend coming up because of the hot weather and a rail strike. It's thought more people will take to the roads as trains won't be running on Saturday. National Highways is urging drivers and passengers to take water with them and leave plenty of time. You'll be able to hear regular travel bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM. You can also follow our travel blog on the website. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. It's been revealed a man from Sandwich who died after falling into the River Stour was drunk at the time. Paul Goodwin was reported missing in March and his body was recovered a couple of weeks later. The 61-year-old lived on a boat in Sandwich Marina. Two women have suffered back injuries and been airlifted from the base of a cliff near Folkestone. The Coast Guard was called out to Cape Lafern on Tuesday night after they fell down a path into a wooded area. A helicopter lifted the women to safety before they were assessed by paramedics. A man who tried to smuggle £720,000 worth of heroin and cocaine into the UK through Dover has been jailed. The drugs were found in a BMW that arrived on a ferry in September 2020. The driver was arrested after changing his story about where he'd been while being questioned by Border Force. The 30-year-old from Sheffield has been locked up for 11 years. Now, the owner of an unauthorised glamping site in Kent that's been described as worse than a detention centre has defended her decision to try and open it permanently. The facility in Westbeer near Canterbury was set up in April using a temporary post-Covid licence. Now, Jane Mapp wants permission to stay open all the time. We started by doing it because of the Covid and because of the struggles everyone was having. Um, We did it for a week last season and then decided to do it this season. We've kept it very small to six tents. Um, It's more uh, unique that way I think and also it, it, it serves what we need. We just wanted to survive and struggle, you know, get over everything that we've been through. Um, we'd like to carry on by doing a foundation, which we have set up, this is a community interest company, um, that's for special needs and their families, that's the aim for next year. You, um, you've applied for planning permission? I did, I did, I understood to start with that uh, there was a way we could do it for 56 days where the Covid was going on and stuff, when I started. Um, I was went straight to an agent to get things sorted and I, he said to me it's 28 days and I said you know what with the foundation and stuff do you think we could get change of use on just this small plot and over the other side because we catered for the scouts which is right up the top because they're interested in what we do here with learning about animals, the environment, how to take care of animals and also 
what it means in nature, what it truly represents. It is a fantastic place. The views are absolutely amazing. I'm very lucky. I've got a fantastic team around me that have been so supportive. I wouldn't be without them, but yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been good. The, the application has caused quite a lot of objections in the village, though. It has. I think some things scare people, but you have to remember I am, was, and this has been, this site, the uh, amount of acreage we have here, a livery yard, recreation, and that holds 21 stables. You know, because of the COVID and beforehand of the problems and bits and pieces that we've had to go through, if we was actually full, and this ha this site has been a livery yard for over 30 years, the, we have less traffic now, less impact, less everything else because of the tents. You know, we've cut so much down on the livery side of it because of the foundation side of it. We'd like to help special needs family with more outdoor activities and stuff. So we've really blended the two without trying to impact anything. Well, the decision hasn't gone down well with villagers. Parish Council Chairman Paul Glover says the glamping site has caused considerable upset among residents. In its formal objection to the proposal, the authority lists an increase in traffic in the village's narrow lanes and incidents of excessive noise and antisocial behaviour. Kent Online reports. At Kent Online today, you can see in detail what a controversial housing development in Hythe will look like if it's given the go-ahead. Some claim the plans for Prince's Parade are completely out of character with the area and Green councillors are calling for a public debate before any decision is made. Well, a planning application for the houses flats, shops and hotel has been put in to the council. Meantime, plans for more than 700 homes in Dartford are going to go on display next week, so you can say what you think of them. The area is called Stone Pit 2 and it's off Watling Street. The houses will be built in three phases and we're told just under a quarter of the properties will be affordable housing. A public exhibition is being held at Stone Pavilion on Monday between 3 in the afternoon and 7.30 in the evening. A one-way system is going to be trialled around the Lock Meadow Entertainment Complex in Maidstone in a bid to try and ease congestion in the town. Drivers can sometimes find themselves waiting as long as two hours to get out of Barker Road. The proposal will stop vehicles coming from the Broadway from turning right into Hart Street. It's expected to be in place by November. Kent Online reports. Now, while most of us have been sweltering in the heat recently, wine growers in Kent have been telling the Kent Online podcast how they're loving the hot summer. Balfour Winery have had vineyards on the Hush Heath Estate in Staplehurst near Maidstone for the past 20 years. It's thought this year's harvest will produce around half a million bottles. Well, I've been chatting to Fergus Elias, who is the head winemaker. I mean, if you think about it, you know, vines grow best in hot, dry, arid conditions. Uh, I think, you know, South France or Italy. Um, so they're they're very happy. I think we're we're in for a really exciting year, quality wise in particular. I think that's that's the really the really exciting angle. How does it affect the harvest then? Does it mean that you get more grapes, or is it as you mentioned there, the quality of them is so much better? Yeah. So this year, um, when you sort of think about a harvest, the yield components, it's sort of sixty percent of your harvest is set the year before. Um, so. Last year wasn't actually a particularly good year. It was, I don't know if you remember 2021, but it was quite wet, quite cold, and not very exciting at any stage. Um, and so as a result, 
the yield this year is actually quite small. But what we're what this fabulous weather is doing is it's making sure that the quality of it is going to be through the roof. Um, it might even be early, which would be nice because usually we harvest sort of early October through to the very end of October, and it starts to get a bit cold and not quite as fun uh, <laughs> towards the end of that. So hopefully, you know, this year we might start late September and finish mid-October, which would be, would be nice. And when would we start to see bottles of wine in, in the shops that have been produced this year? Um, so when will kind of see the fruits of your labour, I guess, be... Um, be there for us to enjoy the first still wines would be next spring so you'll you'll get you know rosé um that tends to be something you release quite early bacchus which is a really aromatic sort of sauvignon s um variety that's something you want to release early because it keeps the freshness and it, keep, it gives you that really lovely aromatic note um the sparklings you're looking at sort of 2024 because they they spend at least nine months in bottle and it takes me a few months to get them into a bottle so we're looking at 2024 at the earliest the wines that need longer in tank will have longer in tank and you'll get those towards the end so things like the pinot noir the red the chardonnay so the more structured wines that are slightly more um they're less driven by aromatics and more by their structure um, and potentially timing only. so what sort of difference in flavor do you think if we bought say a wine in the in the spring then the ones that are going to be out in the spring what what difference in flavor might we notice because of the really good summer that we've had i think uh you, you will have a marked um change in weight so how the wine feels in your mouth it'll feel heavier um and this is because the alcohol level will be higher so it'll be I'd expect our natural alcohols to be higher this year than they were they were last. Um, the acid profile will have changed, so it will have softened slightly because, again, acids should be lower. Theoretically, all, all being well, sugars will be higher this year, acids will be lower, which will make a pronounced difference in how the wine tastes. Um, and so, yeah, that, that will be the main, the main sort of noticeable driver. You might get more of the sort of red fruit characters in our Pinot Noir. You might get sort of richer, richer flavour profile, but that's, that's the main driver. And is this good weather particularly good for, for white grapes, red grapes, or just all grapes combined? Uh, all grapes, all grapes <laughs> combined. And long may it continue. I mean, we are, we are, I am starting to see the first signs of, of water stress in some of our less established vineyards so some of our younger sites um so a little bit of rain in the next few weeks would be lovely but i don't think it's i don't at the moment we're not we're we're not worried um from a grape growing perspective from every other perspective it's obviously mildly concerning what Absolutely. does this do for kenton kind of establishing even more so its reputation as one of the best places to to be growing grapes and producing wine obviously the harvest isn't in yet so it's not over the line but you know a high another high quality harvest in of the ilk of 2020 um will only seek to bolster our burgeoning reputation for high quality still and sparkling wine. And finally, one of the best meteor showers of the year will be most visible across the Kent skies later this week. The peak of the shower will be on Friday night or the early hours of Saturday morning when the sky should be at its darkest. However, the last giant supermoon of the year is set to coincide with the light show, so it could make it slightly more difficult to see. Kent Online Sports. Football first up, and Gillingham have been drawn at home to Exeter City in the second 
second round of the Carabao Cup. The Jules beat AFC Wimbledon 2-0 in their opening game on Tuesday night. The second round match will take place later this month. And in cricket, it's been a trip to Essex in the one-day cup for Kent today. The Spitfires have won just one of their three games in the competition so far this season. They're taking on the Eagles in Chelmsford. We'll have details of the result in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, tomorrow morning. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.